Welcome to Talking Business. In this series of podcasts, I hope to give you some ideas based on over 40 years working for various organizations in industry. In series one of Talking Business, we're going to look at your big project, avoiding the mistakes of others. This is the project that is going to change the face of your organization. Today we look at your best practice program. This, if done properly, will take your organization to a new level of operation. So you've decided to stick with it and listen to part two. Part two is about your best practice program. We talked about the need for best practice in our A to Z. And now let's look in a bit more detail about the things that you need to do for your best practice programme. The first thing to bear in mind is that any best practice programme must precede any systems project because getting your business operating to best practice is essential before you consider any systems changes you need to make the change to the best practice mode of operation before you build any new systems. Best practice defines any system required to support it. Your system requirements, your scope, will come from the way you operate towards best practice. Any new system that you develop once you've put a best practice way of working in will be welcomed because it will enable best practice and make it easier for people to work in a best practice manner. You must define best practice at the widest level. If you operate all across a single country, then you define your best practice at country level. If your organisation works across a region, and here I'm talking global regions such as Asia, or Asia-Pacific, North America then it must be at regional level. If you're a global organisation, then your best practice must be defined at the global level. Please, please don't allow local versus global. What do I mean by that? Don't allow local people to have their version of best practice, which is at odds with the global version of best practice. It wastes time and money and also means that you achieve far less, if you achieve anything. I would like to point out that in many industries, customer needs are basically the same wherever you're operating. So for many industries, if you operate in North America, in Australia, in Europe, in Asia, your customers need the same things from you. Therefore, your mode of operation should be the same. I'd like to look at two best practice projects. I was involved in both of these and the first of these was best commercial practice between 2002 and 2006 for a global chemicals company. The purpose of this project was to improve pricing. The reasoning for that was that pricing has the greatest influence on profitability as long as your pricing is accepted by your customers. The solution that was put in place was the definition of global best practice by representatives from each region. 
So right at the beginning of the best practice program, representatives from each region met for a week's workshop where a definition of global best practice was put together and agreed by each of those representatives. The other part of the solution was to improve pricing levels in real terms, and that was done by working with local businesses to improve their skills in line with best practice. That meant that we held a series of workshops across the world with the local teams. We also put in a best practice organisation that kept working with the local teams, kept building on those workshops, kept explaining what was needed. The good was good acceptance by many of the countries across the world as to the new way of working. Good also was we exceeded the target set for profit growth. Good also was that we moved from a project to a permanent programme with a permanent team working on it. I'd like to compare that with the peak performance project where much of the work took place between 2008 and 2009 for a large industrial supply company. And the purpose of that project was to standardise practices across the globe. The solution, sadly, global and local teams defined and led the implementation of best practice. The problem was that the global version of best practice was very different from the local version of best practice. And this was because the global version included the bright ideas collected from around the world, whereas the local definition only included those things that the local people were aware of, basically their current way of working. So we had a number of bad issues. The challenge of global versus local, which led to challenges as to what was actually best practice. There was little buy-in to the global view at local level. The global implementation teams were far too small. By far too small, I mean that the full-time pricing team consisted of four people. And the order-to-cash implementation team consisted of two and a half people. I was one of the four in the pricing team. I was also the half in the order-to-cash team. The measurement tools looked at quantity rather than quality. What do I mean by that? They asked, do you do this? Not how well do you do this? The sad thing was it didn't bring about the required change in business attitudes and processes, meaning that the attempt that followed to have a global systems template was damaged from the very first day. It's essential that you get the fighting over before you start to define the system. One process everywhere. This allows efficient support systems to be developed and allows staff to be interchangeable. It also means that your global team, when they visit countries, can look at the system and understand exactly how it works. Allowing people to have different best practices just isn't best practice. Allowing people to have different best practices results in scope creep. In fact, it's far worse than scope creep, it's scope gallop. I fully accept that people resent change if it suggests that they are less than optimal. Therefore, your global team must ensure that you find good ideas, 
in as many parts of the business as possible. Your team. Your team is essential. Your team is the driver of best practice. Your team must consist of recognized experts, people with street cred across the business. They must be accepted as the best in their discipline. They must be able to persuade and cajole people. They need to lead, not issue orders. The team needs to be large enough to do the job properly. The members of the team need to be able to travel and be away for extended periods of time. That is often an issue. And therefore you need to find people who have the skills that you require and have the willingness to do this. This possibly means that when they're not travelling, you need to be flexible with their way of working. It is highly unlikely that the members of your team will be recent recruits because they don't have the street cred, they don't have the depth of knowledge of your business. Your team needs to be supported from the top. Don't tell your team how to do it. You have put them in place because you need their ideas. They are the experts. You aren't. Your kickoff is very important. So get an extended team together for the initial definition. I fully appreciate that everything I am suggesting in developing this program means lots of travel, lots of accommodation, lots of workshops. But the profit it will generate for your company will far exceed any costs of putting the program together. Include people from local businesses as well as the core team. Involve everybody in the extended team in the definition. Everyone must prepare something for discussion before they come to the workshop. This means that at the workshop, everyone will put their ideas up for specific parts of best practice. Then the whole workshop will discuss this topic and between them come up with something that they all agree is best practice or somewhere on the road to best practice. Ensure that everybody who attends that workshop agrees to the definition of best practice before they leave that workshop. Ideally, get a signed statement. And then agree a program to initiate the definition in all parts of your business. It must be sold as being the future way of life. It's not a project. It won't go away in a few weeks. It is the future. It is how you will live and operate from now and onwards into the future. People must understand the processes. So you need process maps of the to-be state. And the global team has to put those together. Based on the information that they have acquired from their knowledge around the world. Also, within each business, you need process maps of the current state of each business. And those will be built by the local team. You then need a workshop in each locality that compares the process maps, the to-be state and the current state, because this helps people to understand the amount of change that they will need to make. This is between the local and the global team. I have to say that I've worked on many projects where there have been no process maps, and this lack of understanding leads to a lack of of successful delivery. 
there will be a need for training. You need centrally produced training materials because you can only have one version of the truth. There can be no local variances in global best practice. I fully appreciate that in a multinational organisation, you will need translation. These translations need to be checked very carefully, ideally using somebody who is completely independent of any of the teams. Because I have seen translations that have completely twisted the definition of best practice to a local viewpoint. The training needs to include the why we're doing it the how we're doing it, and the now we are doing it. It is not something for the future. It is something to be done today. Also as part of the training, develop tools and aids for people. Please listen to their suggestions. They're the people on the ground who have to do the job. And by making best practice easier to achieve for the normal person on the street, you'll get far more buy-in. The top of the company needs to support the core team as they spread the message. You must ensure that people aren't allowed to come up with any blocking practices. We do not wish to hear, and I've heard this expression so many times in multiple companies. You must understand that things are different in this country. I can assure you, they're not. You need to have a clear message. The best practice way is the only way. Refine. At the kickoff workshops, if you were lucky and you had the right people there, you probably got 75 to 80 percent of the correct definition of best practice. The rest comes over time. People will ask questions as you spread the message and the answers to these questions will add to the definition and give greater clarity. I remember somebody asking me in Singapore a question that I'd never even thought about. And it was a question that challenged a way of working that I had always considered to be best practice. I went away, I reviewed the question, I looked at the options, I realised that the practice that the person was suggesting was flawed. But now I had an explanation that I could give to people as to why best practice really was best practice. Also, as you go around, hidden bright ideas will appear. And I remember one of the people I met in India giving me one of the best selling points I've ever come across for a bit of that company's pricing methodology. Your core team needs to challenge the definition of best practice all the time and improve on it. They mustn't demolish it, but they must challenge it. They must refine it. They must enhance it. It helps keep it fresh. You must set targets, and the targets have to be realistic. Different businesses will be at different stages of maturity. You must recognise this. And remember, when you set unrealistic targets, they have a negative effect on people. You must measure progress. Measure quality as well as quantity. How well you do something as well as do you do it. 
This keeps the team on its toes, both the local team and the global team. It keeps the different parts of your organisation on their toes. And remember, please, please praise success when you find it. You need to keep at it. And a very good way to do this is to actually have a best practice department with permanent appointments to the best practice team to show that this is the future way of life. If you do that, people will realise that you are being serious, that you mean this, that it isn't something that's just going to go away. And please, please never let up on the mission to become a best practice organisation. Talking Business is produced by the Mr T Podcast Studio in association with SFRD Services Limited. Thank you for listening. The next episode will be in two weeks' time.